What's up, everyone? I want to tell you about a car that you are going to love. Check it out. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, I love that, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. So let's say you're ready to take the family on a camping trip or something like that. The Santa Fe is perfect for you. You've got all-wheel drive. You can load everyone up in the third row. It's time to start being adventurous, and you need the right car, and that's the Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. On his way to the end zone. I'll tell you what, that was a spectacular play. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. What a play! Off to the races! Some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, Heath, and Ben. Week 11, let's talk about it. Yeah, we were kind of uh, turned off by week 10. It was weird. And then week 11 started out with this dud of a Thursday night game, but today was awesome. And you know what, Dave Richard? I'm going to say it. This is the best football season I can remember. There is no clear favorite. Everyone can lose and everyone can win every single week in the NFL. And that's great. And it's great for fantasy, too. I'm very, I'm very happy right now with the NFL. Great product. Good job, NFL. It's a great product. I wish there were more games that were like the Packers-Vikings game than there are the Cowboys-Chiefs game. We like high-scoring games. They're more fun yes. that way. But defense is great, too, and we'll, we'll take defense. But you're, you really hit the nail on the head. There is a lot of unpredictability from week to week. I think the NFL is experiencing it in a way that I can't quite remember. Right. Uh, listen, there's unpredictability every year. Everybody that's been playing fantasy for two years, 10 years, 20 years, they know this. But this year, we sit around every Sunday while the games are going on and we try and figure out, well, who's the best team in the NFL? And you can make a case for the Chiefs. You can make a case for the Bucks. You can make a case for the Packers. Maybe even make a case for the Patriots who are currently in first place in their division. Yeah, I so thought it was the Bills. I thought it was the Bills. I thought it was the Bills, too. (laughs) Unbelievable game by Jonathan Taylor. Unbelievable game by the Colts. And an unbelievably bad defensive showing by Sean McDermott's crew. We'll talk about it. We'll get into all of it. But it it has just been a very unpredictable year. Don't want to say it's frustrating because I think that unpredictability is really hitting everybody's fantasy team in some form or another. No one's got the perfect fantasy team. I mean, you're doing pretty good if you've got Jonathan Taylor and like anybody else that does well in a given week, but consistency is hard to come by right now. And the fantasy managers that are finding ways to win, I bet they're doing it either A, with players that they weren't expecting, or B, they're just falling into victories week after week, kind of by luck, against teams that are more unlucky than they are. Well, I think uh, an interesting fantasy trend now is just when you start looking at the the best quarterbacks week after week, it's a lot of streamers. You know, it's it's Rodgers number one and Jalen Hurts number three, but Cousins is two and Cam is tied for three. Simeon, Heineke, McCoy, Flacco, Dalton, Tua, Garoppolo, Josh Allen. Yeah, that's what we got right now. I mean, you you would have smacked me across the face if I told you 
start Trevor Simeon, sit Patrick Mahomes, or if I had told you Mahomes and Dak Prescott will not combine for one touchdown, but they'll right. combine for three interceptions. Like, again, lean into the unpredictability of fantasy football. You should still start the players that you think have the best chance to help you win. Nothing's changing in that regard. It's just that the range of outcomes that we talk about for players, it's just gotten wider for everybody. And last week, you had Mahomes and Prescott were numbers one and two, and Mahomes was number one with a bullet, 46 points. Uh, Josh Allen was number four, but the rest of the top 12 was was pretty messy. You know, you had Mac Jones up there. You did have Simeon. You had Jalen Hurts, Derek Carr, Kirk Cousins, Tannehill, Garoppolo, Heineke. And then you had, you had, you had bad games from Lamar Jackson, from Tom Brady, from Matt Ryan, from Matthew Stafford, from Aaron Rodgers, from Russell Wilson. All right, anyway, enough about that. Here's a, a Twitter poll to start things off. You know, I got to say, I was very lucky. I don't have any Jonathan Taylor. I know you have some Jonathan Taylor. So you're probably having a good day. Because you, by the end of draft season, were all over. You would love Jonathan Taylor late first round. Um, I didn't have him in any leagues. I didn't face him in any leagues. I was lucky. But uh, I said, let's try uh, All right, full PPR. Who would you rather have rest of season? Both players still have a bye. Jonathan Taylor or Christian McCaffrey? And I knew Taylor would win. But he's winning 76% to 24% over Christian McCaffrey. Yep. And yeah, I I don't blame people, but you know Taylor's got this stretch of eight straight games with a hundred plus total yards. I actually think it's like more like a hundred and ten total yards or more in eight straight games. He just tied Marshall Falk's record for uh, consecutive games with a hundred plus scrimmage yards. But Christian McCaffrey also has a hundred plus yards in every game that he has started and finished, a hundred plus scrimmage yards. And you know you're going to get more catches from him. So I still think like it doesn't matter. They're probably wanted to, but this is interesting how lopsided it was for Taylor, Dave. You want to give your quick thoughts, then we'll get into week 11. This isn't going to be the last time you see Jonathan Taylor winning in a poll ahead of Christian McCaffrey. You're also, if things stay the way they are for the rest of this year, you're going to see Taylor picked ahead of Christian McCaffrey in fantasy drafts next year. No one, nobody will forget the injuries that have befallen Christian McCaffrey over the last two seasons. And I think that's an easy answer for Taylor over McCaffrey because we've seen Taylor who's younger, stronger, stay on the field longer. He seems healthier. Is it, is it easier McCaffrey's, though? Rest of season, rest of season. Yeah, is that easy? Of, if you, I, I think the better Twitter poll question might've been, and maybe if you had posted it before today, if both backs are guaranteed to be healthy rest of season, who would you rather have in PPR? And I think you'd get closer results there. Uh, but I, I, I think the injury factor is going to scare people from taking Christian McCaffrey for the rest of this season. Certainly for trading for him, they would give up more to get Jonathan Taylor in a trade. And next year, again, with the caveat that everybody stays healthy from this point forward, people are going to remember McCaffrey being hurt two years straight. They will be nervous to draft him with the first pick, maybe even with the third pick, probably with the fifth pick. You're yeah. probably going to have to get, you might get him after the first five, yeah, I don't maybe know. even toward the end of round one. <laughs> I'll take him second. All right. Anyway, join our Facebook group. Because so, I can't even think of the eye. Who would it be if not him? You know, Dalvin Cook? Is well, I think Elliott, you still make Alvin the Kamara. case for Dalvin Cook. Najee no. Harris is going to get an improved uh, offensive line. He's going to be 
sensational. Let me cut you there off will because be others. I have wasted too much time. We got to get into today's stuff. So let me apologize for that. Now, join our Facebook group. Search Fantasy Football Today on Facebook or click the link in the description to chat with other fantasy fans. Ask your start sit questions, talk through trade ideas, and more. Go to Facebook, search for Fantasy Football Today. The link is always in the episode description. Important stuff, Dave. Let's get to it. The biggest winner from week 11 is. Uh, let's for fantasy purposes. I think it's Elijah Moore. Just the fact that he had another amazing game this time with Joe Flacco, double digit targets playing like the superstar that I thought we'd have a chance of seeing a lot sooner earlier in the year. That's why I drafted him to a bunch of my teams and I knew that I could drop him after the first couple of games of the season. and know that I could go back to him. Last week was the time when a lot of other people were going back to him. I picked up more in a lot of leagues where I could, but this is your last. He's going to be one of the hottest names off the waiver wire now, still available in a little more than a third of CBS Sports Leagues. Yeah, 61% rostered for Elijah Moore, only 19% started. Eight catches, 141 yards, one touchdown on 11 targets. And he already had three straight games with 12 or more PPR fantasy points. So he's now gone for 67 yards, 84 yards, and two touchdowns, 44 yards, and one touchdown, and now 141 yards and a touchdown. In uh, mm-hmm. uh, a loss to the Dolphins, but you know he scored against the Bills. He scored against the Dolphins. He gets Carolina next week. Uh, no, I'm sorry. He who do the Jets get next week? I'll that's tell you Dol- right now. That's the Dolphins' schedule. They get Carolina next week. Um, Dolphins have the Panthers next week. The Jets are at Houston. Ooh, that would be a really nice game to start Elijah Moore in. There yeah, is a caveat probably. though, and the, the, he's he's going to be at worst a flex play. But when Zach Wilson comes back at quarterback, I think that there will be some trouble in terms of quality of target. And Flacco just, Joe Flacco doesn't care at this point in his career, and he's going to keep doing what he's always been doing, and that's chucking the rock downfield. That worked out great for Elijah Moore. It worked out great for Moore last week from Flacco. Certainly worked out again in Week 11. I think if, if you've got more or if you're planning on picking up more, you're hoping for Joe Flacco to start in Week 12. Yeah. As be, silly as that sounds. No, well, it's look at the last four games that the Jets have played and what their quarterbacks have done. 414 yards and three touchdowns, 398 and four touchdowns, 296 and one against Buffalo and 278 and two against the Dolphins. Some of it's obviously garbage time, but it is, they actually are producing enough passing yards and touchdowns to be good for fantasy wide receivers. Dave, who's the biggest loser in week 11? The biggest loser in week 11 I think it's got to be there. There's a lot of losers. Let's go with Jeff Wilson, who started off week one or week 11 as the lead guy for the 49ers, was wide open for a touchdown catch from Jimmy Garoppolo. Garoppolo missed him. We really could have used that one. And then by the end of the game, Trey Sermon was taking on a pretty sizable role in, in the offense. In fact, they split snaps evenly in the second half against Jacksonville. So, and listen, it was a blowout win for San Francisco, so maybe a little bit of that had to come into play. But I wonder if Wilson came into this game, yeah, no problem, you're our guy, and then by the end of it, Kyle Shannon was like, well, maybe there isn't a guy, and we really need Elijah Mitchell back from his finger injury. Right, and I didn't really consider Wilson to be a loser. If you had told me that he was going to get 19 carries... Uh, I would have started 58 him. total yards, 20 touches, yeah, look, 58 total yards. Obviously he was disappointed, but I would have started him for sure. And like you said, he should have been, oh, he was open. He should have caught a touchdown. 
Um, but yeah, the reason why wrong, it was Garoppolo. The reason why I don't think he's a loser is because I just I thought of him as a one week guy anyway. You know, when Mitchell comes back, if maybe Mitchell's a loser because Debo Samuel was is the best running back they have. <laughs> you know, and he's yeah. stealing production now. Um, Sermon. Yeah. Let's see. Sermon had the last two carries there. I think a lot of Sermon's carries were garbage time. Uh, in fact, yeah, at least half. Yeah, they played 27 snaps in the second half. Each each between Wilson and Sermon had 12 of the 27 snaps. Okay, yeah, Wilson was playing it when it was 27 to three. When it was 30 to three, Trey Sermon came in. All right, ah. let's do early waiver wire. I think here. Sermon might have been the two minute drill running back as well. Interesting. Well, nobody's taking Elijah Mitchell's job. That's uh, probably a good thing, you know. Yeah, so he's a winner. He's a winner. There you go. Okay, he's so the early waiver wire winner. ties into the news and notes. <laughs> Elijah Moore is going to be, obviously, a hot pickup. Michael Gallup in shallower leagues, maybe said Wilson in deep leagues. And Cam Newton, 72% rostered. Maybe mm-hmm. a Jets running back. Who would you go with, Tevin Coleman or Ty Johnson? As Michael Carter left with the ankle injury and they have Houston, as we've established, next week. Yeah. Uh, after the Carter injury, Ty Johnson played 60% of the snaps, including six of seven snaps on third slash fourth downs. Tevin Coleman had the rest. They did not have a snap 10 yards or closer to the goal line, so we cannot say for sure which one might have an edge there. You'd think it would be Coleman. Well, He's played in short yards. Can I interrupt? Situations before. Because when Michael Carter was actually healthy in the game, uh, Coleman was in uh, for so in short yardage. Yeah, in, in, inside the five, Carter got okay. a carry inside so the five. So that's probably your answer. And then the next two plays, Coleman was in, and then I think Coleman was in on sure. first and goal inside the ten on the on a subsequent drive. So Coleman, but not in the gets, side, not after Carter got hurt. They didn't get down there after Carter got hurt. Right, right. So so who would you pick up, Carter or Ty Johnson? Or sorry, Coleman or Ty Johnson? I would pick up Carter if he's there. Yeah, that sounds great. Unless he's out for the year, and then what a waste of a pick. Johnson is who I would go for, especially in PPR. All right, Boston Scott maybe with Jordan Howard leaving with an injury, and they're obviously willing to use two backs. Well, although we have to really get into the splits and how things played out there, it was. All Miles Sanders, and then he fumbled. And then it was all Jordan Howard, and then he left with an injury. And then it was Sanders and Boston Scott after that. And I'll throw one more name out there, and obviously we have a whole show Tuesday for waiver wire, but Will Fuller, 37%. Why not? We'll see, you know? Will Fuller. Maybe. Just throwing it out there. (laughs) Okay. News and notes. How about Nick Westbrook-Akina? Pick him up, too, because A.J. Brown left with a hand injury. Then he came back. Then he left with a chest injury, and he did not come back. They Marcus Johnson left with an injury, too. So they got wrecked at wide receiver. And maybe you shouldn't even bother picking up a Titan because they're at New England, and then they have a bye in their next two weeks. Mm, probably the right move. Aaron Rodgers is really dealing with a bad toe injury. He said it's worse than turf toe. He was okay today. He was <laughs> <laughs> QB1 with uh, four, how many points did he score? 41? 39, 41? So. Uh, so he thinks he's saying hopefully it'll get uh, cured after the bye week. They have the Rams and then a bye. Ezekiel Elliott, 385 yards, four touchdowns. He even ran for 21 yards. That's 41 fantasy points. Ezekiel Elliott left in the first quarter, but then he returned. But C.D. Lamb left just before halftime and did not return. He has a concussion, and they have a Thursday game against Las Vegas on Thanksgiving. Okay, Miles Sanders. So. Here's how it worked. Sanders had seven carries. Jordan Howard had one. 
Sanders fumbled. Then I believe Jordan Howard had eight carries and Sanders had one. And then Howard left with an injury. So that was crazy splits for the Eagles. But Dave, they can run on it. You know what? I'm going to save it for buy or sell. I'm going to save it for buy or sell. They, they can run on okay. anyone, though. Uh, Darius Slay is in the concussion protocol. They play next Sunday at the Giants. Michael Carter left with the ankle. Justin Fields left in the third quarter. Do you think Andy Dalton is better for the passing game than Justin Fields? No. No. He beat the blitz on on the very, very late play, the throw to Marquise Goodwin that gave Chicago the lead with about two minutes left in the game. But I still feel like Justin Fields is the better quarterback for Chicago. Jamal Agnew left with a hip injury. Indianapolis all-pro guard Quentin Nelson had another injury, but it doesn't appear serious, but he's been beat up all year. Mm-hmm. Green Bay lost their left tackle Elton Jenkins in the third quarter. Hopefully David Bakhtiari comes back next week but, against the Rams. Yeah, that's still a huge injury for Green Bay because he, Jenkins is capable of playing anywhere on the offensive line, just a super versatile offensive lineman. They don't have a lot of guys like that in the National Football League. So if it's bad. That's yeah. a that's a bad one for Green Bay. I don't know if anything's official, but it may have been an ACL, according mm-hmm. to reports. Yep. DeAndre Swift left with an injury, but he seems okay. I don't think that's a thing. Uh, and Tyler Boyd left in the fourth quarter. He needed an IV. Right, he needed an IV, so he's probably okay. Mm-hmm. Hope so. All right, a few things here before we get into more winners and losers and buy or sell. Your trend of the day. It is time to stop ignoring this. The Arizona Cardinals against number one wide receivers. I would say they are the best in football because of who they've faced. I'm going to give you 11, well, 10 wide receivers. One of them played them twice. So 11 events of a wide receiver. None of them got to 65 yards. A.J. Brown, Julio Jones, Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, Robert Woods, Cooper Cup, Brandon Cooks, Debo Samuel twice, DJ Moore, and now a horrible game from DK Metcalf. Put him on the list, and they're always bad against the number two guy, Tyler Lockett, 115 yards. This is crazy, and I believe this is Michael Pittman's matchup in the fantasy championship, by the way. He has a tough schedule going forward. Arizona, and I looked in their PFF ratings. They've got two cornerbacks that are rated pretty highly. They got Murphy and Alford, I believe. Uh, is that sound yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, Murphy, I believe, might be a little bit more of a slot contributor than an outside guy, but they've used him in and out. Okay, but they're doing it. I mean, they're doing it consistently, and I don't know. Look, Metcalf has played six games with Russell Wilson where he has started and finished, Met, uh, Wilson. And mm-hmm. Metcalf has more than 65 yards once. So maybe it wasn't all Arizona, but every time they face a number one wide receiver... And they are doing really well. Some of them score, but they have been terrific against these elite, elite wide receivers. It's been very impressive. Here's your stat. The remaining schedule, after the bye in week 12, they've got Chicago, the Rams, Detroit, Indianapolis, and then Dallas in week 17. I don't know if you care about Seattle in week 18. Oh, it's Dallas so, in week 17. Okay, I thought it's, it was Yeah, so that's going to be, 16. by then, Lamb should be fine. Amari Cooper should be back. That'll be a big challenge for them. I think the Rams in Week 14 will be an interesting challenge for them, although apparently once this year already, they've done a nice job. They did. It was one of Cup's worst games. But Pittman, I think, you know, I'd be a little nervous about him against that match. That's Week 16 for Pittman. All right. Well, what about the rest of the schedule for Pittman? Because after this tough game against Buffalo, it's Tampa Bay. Then at Houston's easy. Then he's got a bye in Week 14. That's when you're making your last push to the playoffs in most leagues, Patriots in week 15, Cardinals in week 16, 
and then Las Vegas in week 17. So he might not be great other than the Houston game until week 17, your championship game. That's the championship game. Yeah. Is uh, home against Las Vegas. That should be pretty good. It should be, but they've actually been top 10 against receivers too. But I had highlighted Michael Pittman mm-hmm. as a guy who had a very tough playoff schedule. And again, I think Arizona goes out, stops DK Metcalf the way they did. Now Metcalf came close. I saw all the plays, right? He had a touchdown that he couldn't hang on to, a couple of deep balls that he couldn't uh, grab, but he was covered. I mean, they did a good job. All mm-hmm. right. Stat line of the day, Dave. This is wild. 11 catches on 11 targets for Rondell Moore for 51 mm-hmm. yards. That's just weird. That's just weird. I wonder if that's a byproduct of not having an amazing run game until late in the in the game. Um, yeah. Or Arizona. Maybe. Because Connor kind of got off to a slow start. By the end, he was fine. Didn't have a great rushing average, found the end zone, did good work in the passing game. But I wonder if that was their changeup. 44 pass attempts for Colt McCoy. And mm-hmm. your moment of the weekend. I want to thank Chris Towers for pointing this one out to me. If you haven't seen it, please check it out. <laughs> the fan in the first row throwing up on the court at the Jazz Kings game over the weekend. <laughs> it was amazing. And some of the quotes associated with this event were just uh, just incredible. Quinn Wasn't Snyder, the mascot helping clean up? I don't know. But Quinn Snyder, the coach of the Jazz, said he was razzing me through the whole game. Well, at least through the first three quarters. And then he puked. Um, It was just, uh, he was just throwing up. It was like continuously, uh, Jordan Clarkson. This this is so funny. Um, Anyway, look it up. Let's do buy or sell. (laughs) Look up a guy who's puking. Who, who, Who can't miss that? It's so funny, dude. All right, buy or sell. Three, I'm going to give you three and one. Josh okay. Allen fantasy managers are in trouble. Russell Wilson fantasy managers managers are in trouble. Patrick Mahomes fantasy managers are in trouble. Are you buying any of it? I'm not buying it with Mahomes. I'm not buying it with Allen. I am buying it with Russell Wilson. And Russ wasn't somebody, he wasn't in my top 10 this week anyway. He was in my top 12. There were definitely some guys I had ranked behind Russ that I wish I hadn't. Uh, Kirk Cousins being probably the most egregious of them all, but he's, he's missing guys. You talked about how DK had a couple of plays that should have gone his way. He just couldn't get the ball. Um, couldn't catch it. No way <laughs> yeah. to get around that. Yeah. Couldn't catch it. Uh, I, I wish he could. And I think that Russ will eventually, I think he'll eventually get better as his finger gets better, but I'm not ready to say, don't worry about it. He's fine. You're gonna need you're gonna need another quarterback if you've got Russ. Right. It, it, for Allen and Mahomes, I do think they're seeing the same type of problem, and that is they're not really connecting on deep balls very often. I know Allen did last week against the Jets, but in this game, his longest pass play was a 31 yard pass to Dawson Knox, and for Mahomes. Mm-hmm. Who you know, watching the game, I thought he played very well. He made some really good throws. Was under a lot of pressure. Um, but his his longest pass play, he did it like he had some thirty seven yards to Pringle, twenty four yards to Kelsey, twenty three yards to Hill, but still didn't have a, a big home run play. However, he is coming off a game where he threw for four hundred something. What did he throw for ridiculous amount? He was amazing last week. Four hundred six yards, five touchdowns. Sorry, um, 
but yeah, I mean, again, it was it was back to uh, being a bad game for Mahomes. Now that's three out of four total, du- four out of five total duds. And Allen, mm-hmm. it's kind of a concerning trend. I mean, he was bad at Jacksonville. He really struggled for a while against Miami a few weeks ago, and he scored 19 fantasy points against the Colts. So still nothing for you. Still totally fine with them. Still totally fine with Allen and Mahomes. All right. Buy or sell. You can confidently start. Jalen Hurts, Miles Sanders, Devontae Freeman, and Dallas Goddard every week. Give me the names one more time. Yeah, it's Jalen Hurts, Miles Sanders, yeah. Devontae Smith, and Dallas Goddard. You I, said Devontae Freeman before. I oh, crap. Which, I mean, we can throw them in here, too. You know, <laughs> no. They all play for teams that are, you know, bird mascots. Well, the, I, the, the Eagles play for the, for the new Ravens. The Eagles are the Ravens now. Okay. Well, they've got a running quarterback, so maybe that's why you're saying that. Hertz is a starter. Miles Sanders Wait, is a low end. Goddard starter. is a starter. Now you did it. You Goddard said, is a starter. Devontae Smith, like a borderline number two, number three wide receiver. Yeah. Hertz, Sanders. I said Hertz and Sanders. Hertz is oh, a starter. Oh, I thought you said Ertz. I'm sorry. No, Hertz. Okay. What about Goddard? Hertz, Ertz. What about Goddard? He's a starting tight end as well. Remember, this is the team that's got the schedule that we love down the stretch. Yeah. But it's just, it's amazing. I, why I call them the Ravens. Washington. Why I call what them the Ravens, and, and it's even more, more so now, is that they, they run, you know, rushing quarterback. They, they have a ru- they rushing run. quarterback. They also run the read option stuff. They run on everyone. It was one thing for them to run all over Denver and the Chargers. Right, it's another mm-hmm. thing for them to run on the best defense, the best run defense in football. Coming into the game, they had played seventy games, the Saints, and they had given up a hundred yards rushing to two players in the last seventy games. I saw this on ESPN. Just to give it credit, those two players were last year Jalen Hurts and Miles Sanders. So, and it, it, you know, it almost happened again today. They didn't quite get there, but they had great rushing games against them. Um, but yeah, I mean, and, and so they're a low-volume offense in terms of passing. They are using multiple backs. It's another thing that the Ravens are that the Ravens did. Dobbins and, and Ingram, Dobbins and Edwards, whatever it was last year. And all of their passes go to two players. And it's great. Like, this was a game with Devontae Smith where you, where you see the downside because Hurts only threw 23 or 24 passes. Smith did very well, but he didn't score and didn't have that great of a game, you know? Mm-hmm. It's kind of like Marquise. I, I, I keep making this analogy. He's Marquise Brown, and Goddard is a worse version of Andrews, and Hertz is a worse version mm-hmm. of Jackson. But it just this week really solidified it because they stick, they stuck with a two back system, and they did it against the best run defense in football. So I have no doubt they're going to be really good at running the football rest of season, and they're going to be a low volume pass offense. And and I think you had questions about in a non. Oh, and that's the other thing, Dave. When you have this low-volume pass offense, you get zero catches from Miles Sanders and Jordan Howard. So you're going to have tough decisions in full PPR leagues about Sanders the same way you did about Dobbins last year, I think, you know? Yep. It's a great comparison. Yeah. Okay. Well, I think we'll play it week by week. You know, next week against the Giants, yeah, I think you're going to confidently start them. I I think it's going to be a pretty big no-brainer for a lot of these guys. All right. Let's get a buy or sell from a listener from Johnny Krenz. Clyde Edward Zeller will be an RB1 rest of season. 
I think he's got a shot to be an RB2 for sure with some RB1 weeks mixed in because he's also got a really nice schedule. They don't play next week. Denver in week 13, Las Vegas after that, the Chargers after that, Steelers after that, Bengals after that. So really there's one game that you look at and you go, all right, that's a trouble game and that's the Pittsburgh game. But even then, this is what's been part of the missing element of the Chiefs offense is being able to have a running back that they can confidently trust. I think they trusted Clyde edwards helaire quite a bit. They let him run in short yardage. The touchdown was a cool play. Mm-hmm. And and I think that edwards helaire can absolutely help unlock things for Kansas City as they try and force their opponents to stop playing so much pass defense against them, so much of that cover-two scheme that's been flummoxing Patrick Mahomes. There's a great comment we have in the chat. Imagine if Taylor were drafted by the Chiefs instead of Clyde Edwards. Oh there. my goodness. Yeah, that wouldn't have been that would not be fair. That is such a miss. And Swift went sure. ahead of Taylor too, right? Was it Swift ahead of Taylor? They were I two picks apart, right? So yeah, Clyde was first there in their year. He yeah. was the last pick of the first round. And I think Swift did go ahead of Taylor. Don't quote me on it. They were real they were all very, very close, you know, late first, early second round picks. Um I look Clyde Edwards either had twelve carries and two catches. It was very good. Calling him an RB one is a stretch. He's not a top twelve guy, I don't think. You know, but that schedule gives gives him a chance, though. Yeah, but he has a buy, so that hurts. Um, but you're right, Denver, Las Vegas Chargers. That is really good. It's just, uh, yeah, is he going to get the catches? He's going to get the goal line work. He did get the goal line work, as Dave mentioned today. Mm-hmm. Swift did go ahead of Jonathan Taylor. Um, one more buy or sell. We should never, never doubt. Terry McLaurin, DJ Moore, and Tyler Lockett. McLaurin with 103 yards and a touchdown. DJ Moore, 50 yards and a touchdown. Tyler Lockett, 115 yards. We should never doubt McLaurin, Moore, or Lockett. You can doubt them if you want to, but that doesn't mean that you shouldn't start them. I think that they're all kind of in that same boat of high upside wide receivers. And and maybe more upside for McLaurin and Lockett than there is for DJ Moore. Yeah, it was great that he had the early touchdown. I think he had 20 or 30 yards on the first drive for Carolina. And then after that, he really did not get much going on after. after. So I, I think that there's going to be you know, a lot of fluctuations between all three of these guys, but the ceiling is going to be higher for Lockett and especially for McLaurin. So how would you rank them rest of season? I would put McLaurin first. I think I'd probably put Lockett second and DJ Moore third. Does it bother you that McLaurin has the Eagles and potentially Darius Slay? I don't know. I feel like Slay is going to, I don't know, Uh, potentially Darius Slay in both week 15 and 17, twice in the playoffs. Uh, We've seen McLaurin play well against other great corners. I'm not going to be afraid of starting him against Philadelphia, and I'm pretty sure Taylor Heineke won't be afraid to throw at him either. Yeah, I don't. I did not Adam. I was worried about him getting Stephon Gilmore. I did, I don't know that he did in this game. I don't well, Gilmore hadn't been playing a full allotment of snaps anyway. It would have been a pretty significant change for Carolina for them to do such a thing. Okay, uh, let's get to Dave's winners and losers. By the way, somebody asked, "Where's Heath?" I probably should have said this earlier. Heath's sick. He's under the weather today, unfortunately. So uh, no Heath. So I've got some listeners. I hope he's doing better, man. We missed him all day today. We did. We did miss him. On FFT. You think you yep. missed him? I had to do the five-minute show by myself today. And in the middle of it, the Sesame Street video that I gave to my son you know, ended and did not autoplay. So he starts flipping out. I'm live. I had to 
tell the audience, like the live, you can see the video. It's on youtube.com slash fantasy football. I'm like, I'll be right back. And I muted my mic and I had to, it took like 20 seconds off. I was very embarrassed. But then I was like, yeah, whatever, who cares? Um, but I missed Heath quite a bit. Uh, so yeah, Heath, get your ass back here. Okay, winners and losers. You had you had uh, Clyde Edwards Zeller. We talked about him. You also have Devonte Freeman, and you have Elijah Moore. So we've talked about your two thirds of your two list. Two thirds here. of the winners yeah. are already in the books. Devonte Freeman was started in forty one percent of leagues. He came through with eighty total yards, six catches, and a touchdown, a late one to win the game. What does this mean going forward for Devonte Freeman? Well, that's a great thing. The fact that he played, he was the only running back that played a snap for Baltimore inside of 10 yards. They only had two snaps, 10 yards and closer on one of them. Apparently there were no running backs. That's according to the information that I got from true media sport. Uh, 57% of the snaps compared to Latavius with 38%. Latavius played one more snap on third and fourth downs than Devontae Freeman did. But I'm willing to overlook that just because of the catches that Freeman had in the game. He certainly stood out as the best Ravens running back. Look the part, too. How much confidence do you have in Devontae Freeman? Would you rather have Devontae Freeman or I'll just go, I'll say it, Clyde Edwards Elair, rest of season? I think I'd rather have Edwards Elair. I don't think that that's going to shock anybody. Right. But I do think Freeman's in that top 20 ish conversation at running back. Would you rather have Miles Sanders or Devontae Freeman? I think I might rather have Freeman. He's getting catches, you know. Mm-hmm. It shouldn't be not every overlooked. week. It's not an every week thing, but I, I think as the season marches on, he'll still be as long as he stays healthy. Man, he's he looks like he has looked like the best back in Baltimore, really since Tyson Williams melted down. Right, and I think he'll keep. I think he'll keep a majority until further notice. Okay. And we're going to take a quick break here. When we come back, we'll see how many of Dave's losers we've already covered. (laughs) And then we'll get into all of the games with some buy or sell. We'll be right back on fantasy football today. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new Toyota truck, like a rugged half ton Tundra workhorse by nature, powerhouse by design. The Tundra combines raw capability with premium comfort and advanced tech to fuel your wildest adventures. And with the available iForce Max hybrid powertrain, you can take electrifying horsepower farther than ever before. Or check out the fully redesigned Tacoma, delivering trail-dominating power and captivating style. The new Tacoma was born to make your off-roading dreams come true. And with new available tech, this legendary truck is getting even better. And when you buy a Toyota truck, you buy Toyota dependability, meaning your truck will hold its value long into the future. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. 
Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle, from the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback. There's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places. Welcome back. Here are your Week 11 losers. Jeff Wilson, we talked about him. Uh, Deontay Foreman, only eight touches. I mean, you could just say the Titans were just awful in this game, losing at home to the Texans. This was such a great day for the Kansas City Chiefs as they... You know, mm-hmm. continue yeah. to improve, and the Bills lose, and the Titans lose, and there's, you know, obviously they're going to want some home field advantage. So great day for them. They'd love to have it. Uh, Deontay Foreman played 18 percent of the snaps. Believe it or not, that was third best among Tennessee Titans running backs. I believe we it. Liked him. I believe the it. best. I know you do. Oh, we weren't uh, playing. Dontrell Hilliard wound up as the guy that played the most at running back for Tennessee. I think it was a byproduct of them playing from behind and just falling behind to the Texans so early on. 63% of the snaps had a bunch of targets in the game. Uh, But Adrian Peterson, one more percentage point higher than Deontay Foreman. Kind of frustrating to see that. Yeah, it is. And frustrating that they just had such a bad game script. And that, I think, was kind of what I was getting to at the top of the show with how unpredictable this season has been. It's you, you go into a week and you have to, for a lot of players, you have to do your best to predict game script. And this is just not a good year for that. So with all these crazy well, for upsets. Some players, the thing is, is that we can predict we can predict what a positive game script would mean for a certain player. Mm-hmm. Like we can predict that Antonio Gibson, if things go right, here's what you can expect. And if mm-hmm. things go wrong, here's what you could expect. And so last week, we, we, we knew, we, you know what you can expect from Gibson when things go right for Washington, but nobody thought that things were going to go right for him. Right. This week, we were a little bit more split on it. I know that Jamie, and I don't know if Heath was as well, but I don't think they expected. Washington to stay competitive with Carolina. I thought there was a chance to do so. Of course. So I had Gibson ranked as the number two running back. So he had that opportunity and then he couldn't do anything with it. So that, and and that's the other part of it. That's just so nuts is that even when the game script is positive for a player, it doesn't mean that he's going to go off and have a monster game. It just means he's going to get a lot of touches and you got to hope he cashes in on those touches. All right, who's your third loser? You didn't even give it to me. You said it was going to be TBD. I told you to surprise me. Your third loser. Who you got? Uh, there are four names that I could pick from, and I thought I texted you the four names, but T. Higgins is on that list. Hunter Renfro is on that list. Cole Beasley is on that list. Uh, was Emmanuel one? Sanders on there? You got to pick one, buddy. Sure. Oh, you want to see who it was? What? All right, I'll tell you who it was. Yeah. You texted me. Now I'm looking. Pittman, Renfro, Higgins, Beasley. Pittman was the fourth name. Yeah, right, we already talked about him. Damian so. Renfro, T. Higgins, Cole Beasley. I think there's kind of an obvious case for each of them. Anybody that looks at the box score for for each player will know. All right, they had a pretty bad week. Higgins was the one that was most disappointing. I really expected him to have a large role for Cincinnati's passing game. Uh, it was a popular yeah. pick. He ended up being a very trendy DFS pick. His price tag was low. And 
Boyd was the one who was pretty involved early on, and then he got he he left with getting the IV, and Jamar Chase ended up scoring the only touchdown for the Bengals, uh, passing touchdown for the Bengals. Yeah, and Chase didn't, Chase didn't have a very good game, and I I wonder if no. people just underestimate the Raiders, but they came into the game fifth best against wide receivers, and that was after giving up three touchdowns to Chiefs wide receivers, but they've done a pretty good job, so. I don't know. I, I don't really know what to say about T. Higgins. He has really been a big mystery for me. Uh, you know, at the beginning of the year, he scored a touchdown in each of the first two games. He was getting all of the red zone targets. They were barely throwing. They've changed a lot as an offense. Uh, but, sure, you know, and the last few weeks have been really encouraging. So I think, Dave, I'm probably just going to shrug it off and kind of approach him as a must-start in three receiver leagues. And a guy that I probably would sit in a two receiver league, if if I had a you know a flex that I liked a lot better, sure. And if there's a matchup that you find him in where competitive catches could be difficult, that's been something that he struggled with. Then maybe you stay away from him. Pittsburgh could be one of those matchups next week. Let's go to the games. All right, we'll run through them and give you some buys and sells and stuff like that. Although I'm not really you know I'm not Heath on this. I don't have the believe it or nots. But Miami 24. Well, that's okay. Usually Heath doesn't have yeah, to believe in that either until he actually, you know, you call up a game. Oh, yeah. All right, so we'll do it like that. Miami 24 and the Jets 17. Believe it or not, Miles Gaskin mm-hmm. is a solid start rest of season. You got to love that he had a season-high percentage in snaps. The Dolphins benched, uh, they made Savan Ahmed inactive and they promoted Duke Johnson and gave Duke Johnson an opportunity to to play a little bit. I think he played 9% of the snaps. It was really, really low. And I think they've realized that Gaskin is the best bet that they have. And he's going to be another one of those running backs where most weeks you'll feel okay starting him on the basis of, well, he should get 15 touches. But what he does with those touches really will probably vary more on the matchup than anything else. This week was an example of that. Next week, they play the Panthers. We've already established that. I think that that'll be a little bit tougher for Miles Gaskin. But you'll probably look at him and say, well, he's 15 touches. He's in that low-end number two running back range. I think the only thing that could really derail him, at least from just being start-worthy, you know, obviously he's not a great player and he's not tearing it up. It would be Malcolm Brown coming back and... You know, reassuming the valuable touches, the passing and downs, the pass protect. They really could. So I, I don't know if you'd be if you could still trade them if you haven't reached your trade deadline. Is this the time to trade Miles Gaskin? Believe it or not, Corey Davis is droppable. Oh, I was asking you if this is the time to trade Gaskin. I was I was not Oh, I thought you were just being rhetorical. Rhetorical. Like yeah, I could be. <laughs> I, I don't I don't think the market for Miles Gaskin will be very robust. I don't think people really want to give up a whole lot for Gaskin and trade, even though the workload's good. And you know what? Maybe if you can acquire him really cheaply, if he's somebody's fourth best running back, maybe you should go ahead and do something like that. And I think a lot of people would be happy to trade for him on the low end, especially if they need a running back to get them through the rest of the season. Mm-hmm. He's somebody who's going to get 15 touches. All right, I would drop... I believe it, that uh, Corey Davis is droppable. I want to stick with the Dolphins, though, because we already talked a lot about Elijah Moore, and we know that Michael Carter is injured right now. Hopefully he'll be okay for next week. Uh, you know, anything to say about Tua? A little bit of a disappointing game, only 20 fantasy points. He got lucky that Mac Hollins broke free for just a wide-open blowing coverage, big play touchdown. 
And look at what, you know, 27 of 33, that's terrific. I don't know. I just, I don't, I don't know how he only finished with 20 points in this game. <laughs> you know? Strange right. Day. Well, Waddle had the rushing touchdown early yeah. on. And um, I don't know how many drives they got inside the 10, but. No, they stagnated. I I, I, they stagnated after a good start. Yeah, that's definitely true. The The interception that he had was pretty bad, too. So, uh, would you rather have Waddle or T. Higgins rest of season? I think I'd lean Waddle, especially in PPR. Would you rather have Gasicki or Hawkinson rest of season? I think I'd rather have Gasicki. All right, let's go to our next game. Cleveland 13 and Detroit 10. Woo! What a what a great one. Prior Baker Mayfield. Oh, he's so injured. Yeah, it's sad. Yeah. Okay, Dave, buy or sell Jarvis Landry is droppable. Four catches on eight targets, 26 yards, and now five straight games with nine or fewer PPR fantasy points. He is 86% rostered. Buy or sell. Uh, it, uh, forget it is droppable. It is time to drop Jarvis Landry. He's definitely droppable. You don't have to drop him. You know, if, if you have the chance to get Elijah Moore and he's somebody on your bench, yes, you can drop Jarvis Landry. But if you use him this week, thank goodness for the rushing touchdown that he had. Thank goodness for that goofy play where he was under center and he just ran it in in the red zone. Uh, that's how they draw him up. I, I'm If this is as good as he's going to be in a matchup against the Lions, then I don't know if there's going to be another matchup on the board that I'll say, okay, I'll start Jarvis Landry confidently as a number three wide receiver. As a bi-week replacement receiver, he's fine. But we can find players like that off the waiver wire pretty much every week. Man, DeAndre Swift is having such a weird year, isn't he? He always finds a way to be good. He's had a pretty productive year. I'm not going to complain about it. No, it's time to just... I hope people aren't still asking. His start percentage was 93%. So you know right. what to do. You start no, him. He's not. just been tremendous. Mm-hmm. Would you rather have but DeAndre's... It's weird, that he had, it's weird that he has 136 rushing yards and zero receiving yards on yeah, three catches. I know. Would you rather have DeAndre Swift or Ezekiel Elliott, who's really making me lose a little bit of confidence yeah. these days? Who would you rather have rest of season? I'd rather, I'd rather have Swift. Oh, yeah. You know who I'd like to see? I'd really like to see Tony Pollard just, just Take give him, over. Yeah, I, I know it's not going to happen, but I want to see what he can do because Zeke looks slow. It looks slow to me out there. Uh, and he yeah. hurt, got hurt early in the game, and he came back. So that's part, part yeah, of it. Yeah, I don't but, know if it's fair to judge him on that, but you've talked about his explosiveness for months now. Yeah. And his lack of it. And Pollard's got all of it. So... It, there, there's going to be a split there in Dallas between those two. Great note from Ben Schrager. So we do hashtag AskFFT on Twitter on Saturday and Saturday night and on Sunday morning before the game start. It's and your key to getting a question answered. It is. It certainly is. We had a 125 hashtag AskFFT questions that included DeAndre Swift today. And I don't think they were like, I'm starting Swift Hashtag ask FFT. Here are my other options. People still ask questions about Swift. Interesting. Don't. don't. Yeah, you don't have to anymore. Anything else from this game? Please say no. Uh, Hawkinson is still okay oh, as a starter yeah, in PPR leagues. That's a good one. Hey, I was, Dave, I was thrilled to get six for 51 from TJ Hawkinson. I felt like <laughs> I won the lottery. <laughs> it was 11 PPR. But I was like, yes. Well, I mean, anything's better than last week, but what you didn't want to see was four targets, 
three catches, 28 yards. You didn't want to see something like that. You wanted to see him a little bit more involved. But this this offense is DeAndre Swift, Hawkinson if you need him, everything else, everyone else, hard pass. Full disclosure, because I, I would not have, I'm not trying to embarrass you, because if you had asked me this, I would not have remembered. Obviously, I wrote it down. I saw it. I'd forgot. Do you know how many yards Tim Boyle passed for today? Yes. How many? But I literally just looked down at my computer. Oh. And 77 yards. And Hawkinson had 51. 51. So that is a miracle. Good job, TJ Hawkinson. All right. Colts 41, Bills 15. We have a listener buy or sell here from Noah T. Buy or sell, Michael Pittman is a high-end wide receiver three at best, which technically means, you know, around 25th overall. Michael Pittman, high-end wide receiver three at best. You should, if he's a high-end number three receiver, that means he's going to be ranked between 25th and 30th most weeks. And I would imagine with the schedule that they have left, you're going to see him ranked right around that area. Part one of the problem is the schedule. Part two of the problem is that the Colts run game is amazing right now. And part three is that every game that T.Y. Hilton's played in, Michael Pittman's been a dud. And so how does how does that get? I thought finished? he had a f- how do you, I, how does he overcome all three of those things? I don't see how he does. I thought he had the 15 target game in one of the games with Hilton. Did that, Hilton leave early in that game? Well, Hilton is not I don't know. Do you have a snap share from this game? Because he hasn't played, he plays about 50% of the snaps most weeks anyway, since he's been, you know, back. So it was mm-hmm. the Tennessee game. Hilton played about 50%, something like that. And I think that was the game that Pittman. 10 for 86. On 15 targets, right? Yep, two touchdowns, too. Look, you Hilton shouldn't... Hilton was in that game? Yes. You shouldn't... Uh, Hilton played uh, 44% of the snaps in that game. Five and played, targets, two catches for T.Y. And man. he played 53% of the snaps today. So I don't look at any game that he, quote-unquote, left early because he just... He's barely... One game with more than 53% of the snaps and it was 61% for Hilton. Uh, okay. I just think in so general... That hurdle, that hurdle doesn't seem to be that big of a deal. But I just think in general, right. But, but you know, philosophy for me, if a guy has a bad game against the best defense guarding number one receivers, and maybe it's Arizona, seriously, but so far it has been the Bills. And his quarterback just threw 20 times for 106 yards. I don't look at yeah, that. Even as a, Tim Boyle is like, yeah. hey, that's close. <laughs> I don't even look at that as a Michael Pittman failure. I just... It, it was almost impossible for him to succeed in this game mm-hmm. against that team when they were blowing them out and didn't need to throw. So sure. this is the low point for Pittman. It wasn't really his fault. How many games left on Indianapolis's schedule do you see Carson Wentz having 250 yards and two touchdowns? Yeah. In? Because the exact same yeah. issues that are plaguing Pittman are plaguing Carson Wentz. They're plaguing Zach Pascal. They're plaguing Mo Alley Cox. It could be next week against Tampa Bay, though. Maybe. Okay. Let's go to. I mean, they're not going to be able to run the ball against Tampa Bay, right? Yeah. No. Oh, they're going to try. <laughs> they will. Let's everybody see. was worried about Jonathan Taylor this week. I wasn't, but everybody else was. Yeah. If I had done winners and losers no today, brainer. if I had given you three losers, it would have been Zach Moss. Zach Moss and Zach Moss. I'm completely done trusting him. And uh, everyone is. He's 16%. I wonder started. if Brita I wonder if Brita comes into play off the waiver wire this week because we've yeah. started to see him get an increase in playing time. And I know I don't want to necessarily trust a Bills running back if I don't have to. 
but he looks like the best of the three right now. He might be. He's given a little bit of juice here. I, I can't see a scenario where you're comfortable starting it, but you might need someone. Breed is only 6% rostered. He had five carries and one catch. He had six touches in two straight games, so it's not like people are breaking the doors down here. Right, but, but it's a snapshot for that coaching staff to look at, and they know what they've got in Singletary. I'm not even sure if they trust Singletary, but yeah. they know what they've got in him, and they know what they've got in Moss. Ultimately, it might end up being a three-headed monster, and this is a team that just does not like to run the football to begin with. It's one of those scary these monsters. These three guys totaled yeah. 11 carries. Not, not a monster Rita. that we like. Yeah. Yeah, it, well, Zach Moss has 25, 24, 27, and five total yards in his last three games. Okay, what are you doing with Beasley? 90% rostered, and Emmanuel Sanders, 95% rostered. They're droppable. And think about it, if you if you consider what the weather is going to turn into in Buffalo down the stretch, there could be some real ugly games with heavy wind that will make Sanders especially just a no-go. Sanders was, he entered this week with one of the highest average depths of target in the league and the second lowest yards after catch per reception average in the league, which means he's getting targeted deep a lot. When he does catch the football on those deep targets, he doesn't get anything but the yardage that Josh Allen throws for him. And I don't know if he's necessarily a guy that Josh Allen's going to routinely throw deep for. Diggs is kind of replacing him. Two games ago, he did. This week, he didn't. But Diggs was still awesome. He's still the number one guy there. I thought Beasley would have a little bit more of a role with the run game potentially struggling. Well, and the run game kind of struggled. You know, Beasley's hurt. He did play about 50% of the snap, a little more than that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Emmanuel Sanders and Stefan Diggs both played 44 snaps, both ran 33 to 34 routes, but I think it makes sense, David. They're not throwing the ball well downfield, and Emmanuel Sanders is having horrible games. Yeah. Knox uh, had a good game. Ten targets for him to lead the Bills. Six for 80. Everybody will take those numbers from a fantasy tight end. This would be a sell for me if I could. On Knox? Sure. Yeah, because sure. he's got two games against New England left, and... Mm-hmm. This is a season high for him. And I just, in in uh, targets anyway, it's 10. And it's his second game with more than five. You know, I, I just, I don't view Dawson Knox as one of the must-start tight ends. I mean, I think he's a must-roster. But if there are, who is, okay, let's go through who are the must-start tight ends. Take me through it. Well, there's that Kelsey guy, that Kittle guy, Darren Waller. Yeah, come on, let's go. Obviously, those guys are. Mark Andrews is a stud. Um, I, I think Kasiki and Goddard are quality start tight ends. Who, who, Pitts. Kyle Pitts? Kyle Pitts? Pitts is still a start-worthy tight end. And then you've got guys like Hawkinson. You've got guys like Dalton right. Schultz. He, who's slipping. Maybe Schultz Gronk. Schultz is, is, is okay as long as the other receivers are hurt in Dallas. Gronk is a startable tight end. That's a good call. I think that's it, though. I think uh, but Noah not, Fant. I think Noah Fant's still going to be start viewed with, as a startable, startworthy tight end. Startable and startworthy, that's one thing. I'm talking about I don't need a second tight end. I don't even need to think about a second tight end. I think you got six or seven, right? Yeah, Kelsey. You got Kelsey. Kelsey, Kittle, Andrews, Waller, Gasicki, Goddard, Pitts in some order. That's where I draw the line. I don't put Knox in there. Neither do you. So if no. somebody does, and I and I, based on all the comments that we've seen this year, I think there are plenty of people that do. I think you try to take advantage of that. 
I, I just don't think you're going to be able to get much in trade for Dawson Knox. You can try, but I, I bet he's a piece of a package that you use to trade up. Yeah, sure. For another player. Baltimore 16 and Chicago 13. All right. Tyler Huntley's post-game interview was the most heartwarming thing. Did you see it by any chance on the field? No, no. He was so happy. He didn't stop smiling the entire time. He just looked like a kid on Christmas or a kid on Thanksgiving uh, who's about to eat ham since it's better than turkey. But he was so overjoyed, and it was really a pleasure to watch. Anyway, in this game, all right, Rashad Bateman, hold him. He's 79% rostered. Would you drop him for Elijah Moore? I would drop him for Moore, but I would prefer to hold Bateman in just about every other case. I'd like to see him play again with Lamar Jackson. What do you think about Darnell Mooney rest of the season? He is 80% rostered. Who would you, who would you rather have, Mooney or Moore? Look at look at that smile. Uh, that was the entire interview. He was so happy. He was a happy camper, man. He let a game-winning drive. What do you expect? I d- I'm happy for him. It was really great to watch. It really was. All right, so give me uh, give me your thoughts on Mooney versus Moore. I think I'd prefer Mooney to Moore. I think, and I don't, I don't, you want to talk about like getting a, a bunch of targets like he did with Dawson Knox. There's no way Darnell Mooney's going to have another game with 16 targets. <laughs> yeah. Like he did this week. And he only had five catches. That's brutal. Um, that's one that's worth going back and looking over how much of that is on Mooney, how much of that is on his quarterbacks. Uh, I would assume that Allen Robinson will be back at some point. I will assume that Marquise Goodwin's target volume will go down and that Cole Komets will pop back up just a little bit more. I'm, uh, I'm still hopeful that field if Fields is okay, I'll take Mooney. Let's 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 preface it that way. Uh-huh. If Fields is okay, I'll take Mooney over more. If it's Andy Dalton the rest of the season, I'll take more over Mooney. I don't know that I feel that way though, because I really don't think that Fields is going to be a better passer than, than Nobody's Dalton. a downfield passer. I and guess. Dalton yeah. was today, and it was literally the first time this year that I mean, not that he's had a lot of chances since weeks one and two and I think a part of three, but he really, you know, was very, very careful with the football when he was starting. Did you see that throw by Ben Roethlisberger to Chase Claypool? Did not. If anybody started Chase Claypool and loses by six points, that was a walk-in touchdown. It's such a bad throw. So so bad. All right. uh, Mooney, by the way, had 121 yards and a touchdown, but he had a 60-yard catch and run on a screen. He did, right, he very fluky. Yeah. Okay, Montgomery. I was a little concerned about Montgomery coming in, and I I lost a little bit of that concern when Lamar Jackson was ruled out because I thought it would be a better game script. But yeah, look, Same. I don't think we can completely ignore that he's been pretty disappointing in I would say at least half his games. You know, mm-hmm. he's tantalized. He's been tantalizing with a two hundred yard games. But he's got almost no role in the passing game. I I feel like that would change if that would be something that would change if Dalton were the quarterback set of fields. But yeah, where are we at on on uh, David Montgomery? Would you rather have him or Clyde Edwards Elair? And Schrager pointing out Montgomery played fifty six of fifty nine snaps. I argued with Towers about this this morning. You know what? I don't care anymore. He's got to produce. Like I know he's on the field all the time. I don't care about snap count. Not that I'm, they're not valuable. But I care about production. It's week 11. It's week 11. I care about production, for God's sake. He's not giving it to me, Dave. So who are you going to start ahead of him? You, you look at your other running back options. If one of those options is Clyde edwards Lair, I would argue that there's a chance that Montgomery from game to game is going to get more 
touches than Clyde. I'd rather have. Has, I'd rather have a chance of scoring. Rather have Montgomery. I'm sorry to interrupt you. Let me. I'll put it this way: If a situation arises like a Jeff Wilson, I'm gonna go with with the waiver wire guy, like a Mark Ingram. I'm gonna put those types of opportunities ahead of David Montgomery most weeks. I'm just, you know, mm-hmm. unless the thing that would change it would be Dalton's the quarterback and starts throwing to him giving him three catches a game or something like that it would be a big boost for sure. him. Uh, but it would be great. Yeah, but I think uh, to me he's a must start in the sense that he's going to be in the top 20. But realistically, I think waiver wire guys could beat him out for me. So he's not quite a true must start at this point. Okay. Do you feel the same? Okay, great. All right. Minnesota 34, Green Bay 31. First of all, Kirk Cousins got so damn lucky on that game-winning drive. He threw an interception right out of the gate that got overturned. And then he threw a ball on the sideline that probably should have been an interception. Cornerback is like, what? where's the ball? Oh, it's right behind me. It's in Adam Thielen's hands. So great yep. job, Kirk Cousins. You got lucky. Listener, buy or sell. Buy or sell from Robbie. A.J. Dillon becomes the RB1 in Green Bay when Aaron Jones comes back. I can't buy it. I think they'll... They'll genuinely mix, though. I think that they'll be close to like a 60-40. And it could be Dylan leading the way. I'm not going to lie. Dylan certainly has his appeal. Rodgers was throwing to him out of the backfield. Just putting that guy in space seems dangerous for defenses to deal with. I, I like the talent. I like the opportunity. I wish he had scored. That would have been really awesome. But I still see a lot of positive... Um. I still see a lot to like about Aaron Jones when he does come back, but I wouldn't be surprised if both guys were in that 12 to 14 touch neighborhood from game to game. Did Dylan have an amazing game? No, but he had, you know, almost six catches for 44 yards is pretty cool. He had almost a hundred total yards. He had six catches. It's a great role. It's very valuable. And he's a must start Devontae Adams with a big game. What do you think about MVS? 10 targets for MVS. Aaron Rodgers Mm -hmm. only threw 33 times. Uh, and 10 of them to, to MVS, 123 yards and a touchdown, four catches, tied for the second most targets of his career. He is 11% rostered. Is this someone you'd be looking at? Uh, next week, they have the Rams, then they have a bye. Doesn't this happen at least once a year with Valdez Scantling, where he catches a deep ball and he ends up having a great stat line and everybody goes to pick him up off the waiver wire, and then the very next week, it's four targets, three catches, 28 yards. Right. <laughs> I, I, I can't buy into Valdez Scantling knowing how Truly up and down he is. Okay, Dalvin Cook, I wish he were tearing it up a little bit more, but he's still giving you good production. I just want him to have one of those special games, you know? It hasn't quite happened yet, but he he has scored in two straight uh, in two straight mm-hmm. games. All right, Houston 22 and Tennessee. You want to talk about Cousins or Rodgers? I'm sorry. I, I think it's pretty obvious what you're doing with Aaron Rodgers. This will give this game will give you confidence to start Aaron Rodgers for at least another couple of games without any question. And Cousins is one of those guys. I'd love to have him and Russell Wilson, or him and Carson Wentz, or him and Derek Carr. And if it's one of those last two, I probably just have him. So there, there's a lot to like about Kirk Cousins. Not every game is like this for him. Everybody knows that, but he certainly has um, this type of potential from game to game. Who would you rather have per game? Because uh, Rodgers has a bye. Rodgers or Jalen Hurts? Per game, rest of season, I think I'd opt for Rodgers. Houston 22, Tennessee 13. Do you have any interest in a Texans running back? Rex Burkett. 
Yeah, Rex Burkhead had 18 carries. Any interest? Yeah, I'm not. I don't even know if he played the most. I think it was David Johnson who wound up playing the most for the Texans. Uh, yeah, 53% of the snaps for DJ, 44% for Rex Burkhead, Philip Lindsay, big three percent of the snaps. Good for you, Philip. Good for you. <laughs> no, I'm not. I would have to be 3 a.m. at the bar desperate for Rex Burkett. <laughs> and uh, buy or sell, Ryan Tannehill is the most droppable person in the world. <laughs> He's very droppable. He's 98% Another roster. quarterback that I would pick Cousins over. Yes. Look, this is Houston. Like, this is the game that he should have gone out there and at least had one of his trademark 22-point games against. And he was awful. Awful with a capital puke. <laughs> yeah, he was so bad. And look, losing AJ Brown doesn't help. Uh, so I get it. Still but had him for nine targets. You get New England. And he lost him and he came back in. Yeah, yeah, right. He did play a decent amount. You get him for New England next week. Tannehill's got New England no. and then a bye. There's just there's no, no reason, way. right? There's no. Is reason. there is there a reason to carry any Titans player other than AJ Brown? Yeah, for the next two weeks. I don't know why I can't bring myself to drop Adrian Peterson. Oh, that's an easy drop. I mean, it is until you're in running back hell, and then you just need someone that could plow into the end zone, you know? Okay, sure. And he he gave you six PPR points this week. I think it's more than what he gave you last week. And I think I should first probably game with Tennessee. Him. He scored. So for for example, I think in this league, it's three receiver PPR league. Honestly, I think the best player I could probably drop him for would be someone like Tevin Coleman or Ty Johnson or Marquez Valdez Scantling, and I think. I think I'd do. I don't know if I'd do it for MVS, but you would for Ty Johnson if 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 in Carter a were out. if Michael Carter yeah. was going to miss some time. I might do it for for Coleman. I, I really feel like Coleman would get more carries, but uh, yeah, I do it for a Jets. I do it for a, a starting running back. Yes. Okay, and are you going to look at Nick West? There's going to be people who do it for a DST. There's, Real, there's just not going to sure. be excitement. All right, real quick, Dave, just wrap this up. Would, any interest in Nick Westbrook-Akina at New England next week? No. Okay. Can we take a quick break here? I want to look at something that I think... I think I'm right about this. I want you to tell me. Okay. I, I've been looking at Frank Stample for, you know, two years now, whatever, and I knew he Wait, looked like someone, but I couldn't figure out who he looked like, and I think I figured it out today. Schrager, can you throw it up? You got it going there? I think he's Dean Blandino. What do you think? A little bit. A little bit. I mean, they're even wearing the same clothes on this side-by-side. This is awesome work by Schrager. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, I think we yeah, got this. That's not bad. Yeah. All Both right. sporting the, the light beard. Right. A little bit thicker on the goatee. <laughs> Both have great hair. Yeah, they do have pretty good hair. I, I think if you could flip around Frank's, Frank's last name part. is kind of fun. And you can't get a much more boring last name than Bland. Bland, right. Yeah. So Blandino. All right, San Fran 30, Jacksonville 10. Buy or sell? James Robinson is the only Jaguar worth rostering. Yeah. He, I think he's their only good offensive player. Okay. I, I, I said this week, I, I, I hyped up Dan Arnold this week by saying, he's what LaVisca Chenault was supposed to be. And then LaVisca Chenault was back in his old role as, you know, catch a short pass, try and gain a bunch of yards with it. Don't want to trust him. Don't want to trust Dan Arnold if I don't have to. Can't trust Trevor Lawrence. Can't trust Marvin Jones. 
Jamal Agnew's a little fun, but you could find another receiver like him. It's it's all Robinson all the time. Okay, let's go to the good team then. The surging San Francisco 49ers. Now, hidden in this game, you had another good game from Debo because he had eight carries for 79 yards and a touchdown. But he had one catch on two targets. And three games ago, he had five catches for 63 yards. Last week, he had five targets, but he turned it into 97 yards and a touchdown. Anyway, any concerns here? Because Ayuk had a big game today. Seven catches, 85 yards and a touchdown. Any concerns at all about Debo Samuel? I mean, I, I love the fact that all three from... Samuel, Ayuk, and Kittle found ways to have good games for fantasy because we're always so nervous about it. But it took it took Ayuk and Kittle catching every target that they were thrown. Kittle had a good game, not an amazing game. Uh, and Ayuk, we just I, I think he's going to fall into that role of being one of the consistent inconsistent receivers, but one that we don't want to necessarily trust. Do you have one any concerns that we don't about necessarily Debo? believe in? Do you have any concerns about Debo? No, I, I'm good. I love I love the fact that Debo Samuel is getting work in the run game because eventually a game's going to come along where he gets some good carry work and he still catches seven of ten targets. Okay. All right, let's go to we got like five games left, Dave. So let's knock them out. Let's go to Philadelphia go. 40 and New Orleans 29. How do you value Miles Sanders going forward? Maybe as a flex. That's it? I just, I, I yeah. I, I I know that the stat line was kind of pretty. I like that he had 94 yards on 16 carries, but he also fumbled in the game. I think Philadelphia has it in their heads that they need to use multiple running backs and that there won't be one feature guy. Yeah, but he, I think the yards per carry is going to be so high. I mean, even Jordan Howard is averaging over five yards per carry. And then he comes Yeah, he in. averaged over six today. Yeah, I know. It's It's just crazy. Yeah. Um, and I'll tell you what, like as soon as Jordan Howard's back, I think this team likes running with him. Yeah, but but like I said, he had seven Sanders had seven of those first eight carries until he fumbled. Mm-hmm. Okay. Would you rather have rest of season, let's say in a half PPR league, Devontae Smith or Miles Sanders? I'd probably take the running back there. Would you rather have uh, Devontae Smith or Jalen Waddle? I think I'd take Waddle. Okay, and that, that look, Smith's game two weeks ago was outstanding, but the game that he had on Sunday, six targets, four catches, 61 yards, I think that's going to be fairly common, if not maybe a little too low for him moving forward. Dang, Austin Eckler's good. Yeah, he's good. <laughs> really good. Um. All right, so I'll just give you a few more here. Miles Sanders or Miles Gaskin? I think I'd lean toward Gaskin over Sanders, and I would take Edwards Elair over Sanders as well. Washington 27, Carolina 21, a listener buy or sell from Spicy McNuggies. Buy or sell, Cam Newton is a top 10 quarterback rest of season. 29 fantasy points in his first start. It was amazing to see. I'm still going to have some trust issues with him coming through for three total touchdowns week in and week out. He had but a great game. He really did. This, this is if you picked him up to be a potential bye week replacement quarterback or a potential streaming quarterback, this type of game will give you confidence for the next three weeks to start Cam Newton. Would you rather have Cam or Russ rest of season? Oh, I think you can make the case for Cam. Well, what would you rather do? Who would you rather have? I think I'd rather have Cam. Okay. He's the you almost pencil in one rushing touchdown every game. 
And his passing was pretty good. He was 21 of 27 passing. He did have some off-target throws, but not it, it wasn't egregious by any stretch. He's got Christian McCaffrey to throw to. That's always going to help pad his stats. McCaffrey, or sorry, uh, Gibson. Gibson had a pretty similar game to Miles Sanders. No catches. He fumbled. Yep. He had about 95 total Almost yards. Almost 100 yards. Yep. yep. You'll take it. You know, it's not going to kill you. The fumble hurts, but you'll take it. Um, on the play he fumbled on, I think he could have scored. So if he just hold, if he had held on to the football, man, I, I I think that there would have been, he like he was on. It looked like he was on his way to finding the end zone on that play. Anything else from this game? DeAndre Carter, he's got a touchdown in three straight games. Any interest? I no, not really. Desperation wide receiver. Okay, I, he he's exactly the type of receivers that oh he scored in three straight games. I'm going to start him. Right, right. And he. Of course, I would have said that last week. Oh, he scored in two straight games. We should start him. No, don't do it. And then he goes and he scores this week. But it was two for 22 and a touchdown. So he didn't miss out on that many points. I like Robbie Anderson getting six targets and five catches. So it's a little bit different for Robbie now than it was before where he would get 13 targets and two catches. <laughs> yeah. Some right. crapola like that. More efficient. DJ Moore at his first game with over 15 PPR points since I think week four. That's right. nice. But he... Like the start that he had to this game, I was thinking, oh, he should have over 100 yards easy, and he didn't do it. Well, it's just going to be hard to do. I mean, that, that's the thing. Cam Newton threw for 189 yards. That's very good, especially on 27 mm -hmm. pass attempts. But that's just not – you're not going to see a lot of games with a ton of passing yards from Cam Newton. You're not going to see – you might see it, but it's going to be hard for DJ Moore. All right, Cincinnati 32 and Las Vegas 33. Bengals had the ball for thirty uh, or thirteen. Thirteen. That's Bengals had the ball for thirty-seven minutes and twenty seconds. Big time of possession gap here. Bad games from Burrow and Carr. Uh, what do you make of that? I think I, I think I just can't trust Derek Carr anymore. But but what about Burrow for you? And do you feel the same way about I, Carr? I think you can still trust Burrow. You'll probably knock him down to a low-end starting fantasy quarterback. Mixon really took over this game in the second half for Cincinnati. Right. Yeah. Burrow has really been having a very good game, a very good year. He had scored mm -hmm. 22 or more fantasy points in seven of nine games, I believe. Right. And, you know, now it's seven of 10. So Raiders did a good job pressuring him, too. They sacked him three times. I don't know how many overall hurries he had or knockdowns, anything like that. But I, I know the Raiders were getting to him. And that's going to be the consistent issue with him the rest of the year is how well can this offensive line protect him? How much do you trust Josh Jacobs? Still as a number two fantasy running back. I love that he's getting targets and catches. That so many. Derek Carr is checking down to him. I love that. Three. So here's his last seven games. Five catches. Four, one, three, four, five, five. That's terrific for, yes. for Jacobs. Happy to see that for him. And great game for Waller. Seven for 116. That was great to see. Would mm -hmm. you rather have Jacobs or David Montgomery rest of season? I think I'd rather have Montgomery. Okay. Jacobs or Sanders? He's not catching as much as Jacobs, but he's certainly a little healthier, and I feel like both have the chance to score each week. Same type of chance. Jacobs Maybe or Sanders? Maybe a little more so for Montgomery. Jacobs or Sanders? I'll take Jacobs over Sanders. All right, moving on to Arizona 23, Seattle 13. A listener by herself from Lock It Up, spelled like Tyler Lockett. Lock It Up, oh. buy or sell. Seahawks belong in the XFL. <laughs> <laughs> they don't belong in the XFL. They still belong in the NFL, but they've got all kinds of problems. 
Russ well, isn't throwing yeah. pinpoint footballs. We talked about DK and his his issues holding on to the football. The run game is a total mess. We saw DJ Dallas getting involved toward the end of the game. I wonder if he's going to turn into someone worth uh, worth a gander off the waiver wire because Collins just can't get the job done. Yeah, we and we did talk a lot about Russell Wilson and being concerned about him, but does that trickle down to Metcalf and Lockett? This week it didn't. Like I felt like he was back on the same page with Lockett. No, I mean especially your fantasy the second reaction play that he had with your him. fantasy confidence. I'm sorry, I meant your concern about Wilson. Does that concern trickle down to Metcalf and Lockett? Yes, but I don't. I don't know if I'm ever going to get to a point where I'm out and out sitting Metcalf and Lockett. Yeah. But with Metcalf, you know, would you rather have Metcalf or Debo Samuel? I'd rather have Debo. Would you rather have Metcalf or DJ Moore? I'd rather have DK Metcalf. I'm scared that you had to even think about that, but I get it, you know, because it's <laughs> Metcalf's been a little concerning. I mean, I, I, I would take Metcalf, but if Wilson is not himself, that's going to be a problem. Who would you rather have rest of season, DK Metcalf or DeAndre Hopkins? And we don't know when Hopkins is coming back. Would you it's just weird. Take the sure thing in Metcalf. I'm just, I'm just such a big DK Metcalf fan that I'm almost in denial. I'm going to stick with Metcalf, mm-hmm. and I still believe in Russell Wilson, but it's really getting hard. If he's not good against Washington next week, then things are yeah, going to change. Yeah, I bet he struggles. Yeah. Okay, and then how about Zach Ertz? Anything to say about him? Eight catches, 82, 88 yards, two touchdowns on nine targets. Scott Fishbowl champion, Zach Ertz. <laughs> he was amazing. Uh, definite breakout game for him after a couple of really bad games for the Cardinals. Uh, as long Look, they're, they're going to come out of their bye, theoretically, with Kyler back, with DeAndre Hopkins back, and that just leads me to believe that Zach Ertz is probably someone who, like Dawson Knox, get what you can for him in trade because he might be a four or five target per game guy coming out of the bye. Last game, Chiefs and Cowboys. I do want to talk about Ezekiel Elliott. Nine carries, 32 yards, six catches for 36 yards. Pollard had seven for 50 and two catches for 20 yards. I can't imagine anyone's going to sit Ezekiel Elliott, but... How do you value him going forward? You already said you take Swift over him. Is it, yeah, is it worth talking about this? I Probably not, because I think people... Well, there are going to be people who are freaking out about Zeke again, but I don't think it's going to be as bad as it was in week one. Look, he got hurt. He missed a lot of the game. So, of course, he's not going to have a lot of touches when that happens. Let's see if he... And the short week isn't going to help him if he's got a significant injury. It could be Tony Pollard time on Thanksgiving. Let's just let's see what the practice report says on Monday before we we make a big decision on what to do with Pollard. But we everybody's kind of been waiting for the Zeke Zeke's era to end in Dallas and for Tony Pollard to get an opportunity. I think we're getting closer. Yeah, and I think actually if Lamb and Cooper are both out, I, mean, I think you might be able to start both guys. I actually did have Possible. to start both of them in a in our two QB league, so. You know, because they're involved in the passing game to a degree, so you get some PPR points in there. Are you going to trust mm-hmm. Dak Prescott against the Raiders on Thursday if yep. Cooper, Cooper's out, if Lamb and Cooper are both out? If they're both out, it's going to be harder to do, but I think I would still try. Okay. Yeah, the expectations would be down. And the Chiefs are the Chiefs. We spent a lot of time on Clyde Edwards-Elair. 
Travis Kelsey is Kelsey's awesome. He had a rushing touchdown, Tyreek Hill. Yeah, look, it's it's weird for Hill. He's a different receiver right now. He's just getting a lot of catches on a lot of targets, but not getting those big touchdowns. Either way, you start him every week. Michael Gallup was truly disappointing, but I'm not totally shocked because the Chiefs have two good cornerbacks, and they are tough against outside receivers. Two good cornerbacks, and they put pressure on uh, on Dak quite a bit. Yep. Yeah, another thing to look out for is Tyron Smith, and he is so big to this offense, he missed another game. Let's hope they get him back on Thursday. All right, Dave, I'm going to start making some side dishes, you know? They need four days to really get the flavor. You know, a lot of marinating. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Stuff like that. All right. Stuff like that? Stuff, yeah, good, good. I wasn't really a big stuffing fan, but now I, now I am. I, I kind of get the hype now. Okay, thanks for listening and watching, everybody. Hope week 11 was great for you. If it hasn't been, hope that turns around Sunday night and Monday night. And we'll talk to you tomorrow with another episode of Fantasy Football Today. Good night. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.